Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord one more time. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. This is a time of year where I love this time of year. I love this season as we get close to Thanksgiving. Actually, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday personally. And this is a time of year where we start to think a little bit about everything that God has done for us. We start to think a little bit of having gratitude and thankfulness in our heart. And we start to, in a a special way, we start to think a little bit about others as well. And uh, that's why today we're starting a new series, all right? We're going to be going with the series. We're launching it today and going through November. And this series is called Legacy. Can you say with me, Legacy? Can you say that word? Legacy, all right? And actually, Legacy is a season that you guys are going to start seeing around here in Numa in that October, uh, November time yearly. Okay, we're going to have our legacy series and we're going to be speaking about generosity. We're going to be speaking about stewardship. We're going to start speaking about giving. We're going to start speaking about making a difference through our lives. Because I don't know if you know, but God can make a great difference through our lives if we really capture some of, of these concepts that he wants to drop in our heart in this season. So... In legacy, I want to give you a definition because today that word is thrown out a lot and everybody's leaving a legacy and doing something for legacy and all that. So I have a definition for you guys this morning of what I think that legacy is. And if you're taking notes, I'm going to encourage you guys uh, to take notes. I always encourage you guys to do that. And I want you to write this definition for legacy down. What people remember when we are gone. Very short and sweet definition. What people remember when we are gone. What kind of legacy are we going to leave when you and I are not here any longer? What are they going to say about us? What, what What did our life count for? The other day I was having my time of prayer with the Lord and I told the Lord, Lord, I want my life to count for eternity. I want to make a difference for eternity. I don't just want to live, you know, 80, 90 you know, 100, 110, 120, you know, I've been telling the Lord, I want to live 120 years, you know, I don't know, I tell him, Lord, but healthy, I don't want to be like, you know, all gone and everything, but I tell the Lord, Lord, that my life would count for eternity, what was I telling God in that prayer, Lord, I want to leave a legacy here in this world, I don't want to just pass by, and I have done anything that will be seen in eternity, that it will echo in eternity, so I have a psalm that I want to share with you that I think sort of defines this for us. And it's found in Psalm 112. Psalm 112, verse 5 and 6. Psalm 112, 5 and 6. And, and, and something that, real quick, I think this is important, is that you would think, when you think about legacy, that is a godly legacy. And I want to put that in, in, in there. Because... I know some people that have legacies. When I went to Cuba, they told me about the legacy of my grandfather, and it wasn't too much of a legacy that I was proud of. You know, they told me, oh, si tuviera conocido a viejo, I'm like, I think I'm good. Because they were going to tell me some of the stuff that he had done. I'm like, no, 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 let's just, you know, right there. So godly legacy, that's, that's very important. So Psalm 112, 5 and 6 says this, Good will come 
to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. There's that word right there. It's not just anybody. It's those that walk in justice, those that walk in, in righteousness. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. That's a powerful word right there. Because we live situations, right, that a lot of times we stumble. But what it, this scripture is saying, all right, that if you're one of these people that are generous, that conducts their affairs with justice, even if there's a little bit of a shaking, you're not going to fall. Even if you go through the storm, you're still going to be able to stand up. All right? And it says, and they will be remembered forever. What a powerful statement right there. It says that these kind of people are going to what? They're going to be remembered forever. They're going to be remembered forever. So how does the season of legacy look like here at Numa? And how is it going to look like? Well, I'm going to share with you guys this morning a couple of things, all right, that we're going to be doing in this legacy season and this year, all right? And uh, for me, it's always important to communicate and tell you guys things up front. And I don't want to catch anybody by surprise or, you know, be spontaneous and a lot of things, because I think that a lot of these things is important that we prepare for. All right, and one of those things that we're going to have in this legacy season is something that we do every year as part of these three big offerings that we bring to God. And first is our Thanksgiving offering. Okay, it's going to be part of our legacy season. All right, and this Thanksgiving offering is not your regular weekend or Sunday offering that we bring. All right, that Thanksgiving offering, all right, is something that I want you guys from today to start praying about. This is two weeks from now on November 13th. We're going to do it in both services. I want you to pray about it. And I want you to ask God, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to give? Because the Bible says that each person should give as they've decided in their heart. You see, I sort of like shy away from this a little bit because I've seen a lot of abuse in a lot of places, you know, and a lot of times it looks like, you know, you're like auctioning off something. You know, I'm not going to be auctioning off anything. All right. I'm not going to go, okay, I need five people, you know, with 20,000 and this. No, 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 no. How about you ask the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a big boy, all right? And you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And he's going to drop in your heart exactly how he wants you to participate and be part of that Thanksgiving offering, all right? Um, I want you guys to know that as part of Legacy, and you're going to be hearing a little bit about Legacy because we're actually, we actually put together a team that is called the Legacy Team. And uh, that day you're going to meet them and hear a little bit about what's going on with the legacy team. These are people that have the gift of giving. They have the gift of generosity. It's actually one of their spiritual gifts. All right. The same way, all right, that you have the gift of service, the same way that you have the gift of prophecy, the same way that you have the gift of tongue. In the Bible, there's a such thing as the gift of giving. And that's powerful. So we have five lanes, all right, through which we could give that Thanksgiving offering. And I want you guys to say, you know what? That Thanksgiving offering, I want to designate it to this lane. I, I want it to touch this. So number one, one of those lanes, of course, is Numa Church is, is here, all right? Um, and it has to do with our vision, what we're doing, all right? It has to do, you know, with the vision of love God, be free, live on purpose, make a difference, and that we would continue doing that. All right, and that, that we would be able to continue touching lives and continue uh, making a difference. Last year, all right, one of the things that we wanted to do was make this place a lot 
nicer, I guess, so that we could receive the people and we changed the carpet, we got the chairs, we painted the building inside, outside, the parking lot, the bathrooms. I mean, a lot of work was put into this and it was thanks to the generosity of people like you. And there's still projects that we want to continue doing that we haven't finished yet. So one of those lanes, okay, is Numa Church and that'll be designated towards that. Another one, okay, is next gen. What's next gen? Next generation. Okay, the next generation is our kids, is our youth, young adults, all right? And I want to tell you that generational mentality is one of our core values here at NUMA. I was a youth pastor, and there's a saying that once a youth pastor, always a youth pastor, all right? And when you're in the youth group, they also think that they're part of the youth forever as well. But anyways, that's another story, all right? I believe strongly in what we need to do to reach this next generation I believe strongly that we got to go after the heart of our kids. We got to go after the heart of our young people. And we're working hard and we're putting curriculum together that will literally take our kids, listen to this, all the way from first grade all the way till they're 21 together with G2G kids, you know, um, youth and young adults. So listen, guys, this is a church where you're going to want to have your kids come. I'm so excited for that. And today, actually, I have a special group of people that are joining us in this service. And I want to ask the Avengers if they could assemble. Look back, guys. How about that? Let's put it up for these guys right here. Let's give it. Oh, and we couldn't leave this guy behind. I don't know why we didn't leave this guy. But anyways. Anybody wants to beat up on Thanos today? <laughs> so, this last season, one of the things that we've been doing for our kids next door is that we've had the Avengers teaching them. All right, and they've been telling them about the different spiritual gifts that they have and what makes them unique in the kingdom of God. Isn't that awesome? So we've had Spider-Man teach them. We've had, you know, Captain America, Black Widow, and all these different characters that are up here every Sunday sitting down with our kids, all right, preaching the gospel of Jesus. Can you imagine that? And you know what gets me more excited? Guys, you guys could take a step front. You know what gets me so excited about this? That all these guys up here, they're part of our youth, and they've decided to use their life to pour into the life of our kids. A discipleship mentality, taking God's truth, okay, timeless truth from one generation to the next. That's our vision for G2G. And I'm so proud of them, and I want to tell each of you Avengers, all right, how proud I am of you guys and what you guys have been doing with your time and the way that you've inv been investing in the next generation. And I got to highlight you. I want to highlight Ixi. She's uh, Pastor Heral and Tita's daughter. She was the one that came up with the idea and put the curriculum together for what they've been doing. Isn't that awesome that actually we would develop that here? So I'm so proud of you guys. I'm very proud of it. And I want us to do one last thing before the Avengers go, because they got to go teach, you know, and be with our kids today and hang out. I want you to extend your hand towards them, because we want to make sure that God 
would protect the hearts of these young people and continue to use them in a mighty way. So, Daddy God, I want to thank you, Lord, for the life, Father God, of each of these young people that are up here this morning. I want to thank you for what you're doing in their lives, my God. And I want to ask, Lord, that there would always be a passion in their hearts and a desire to please you and to honor you and to live for your kingdom and always see, Lord God, the plans and the purposes that you have for them as greater than anything else, Lord God, that will try to come and steal away their purpose and their joy. I bless them today, and I ask your mighty angels around them, in Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people say, amen and amen. Let's give it up for them one more time. Thank you, guys. Oh! <laughs> All right, I gotta confess, I never thought that I was gonna be praying for Thanos in one of my services, guys. That felt kind of weird right now. Lord Jesus, you're so good. <laughs> so our next gen, Lane, you could designate your Thanksgiving offering and continue being a blessing and everything that's going on with that next generation. Amen. Another one of the lanes that we have, all right, is our local missions local missions lane and how does that look like pastor well right now it looks like what we've been doing uh during this season there's been food distribution that's been taking place benevolent but i was meeting with some of these people the other day and sharing vision with them and you want to know how far our vision and what we want to do through this local missions lane i would have i would love to have a distribution center a distribution center where we would have furniture where we have clothing, where we have refrigerators with food, that we have migrant people coming into our country, people that just crossed over, people that, that are moving into our city, people that are having a hard time. And they don't have to provide all these things that we could just take them to that distribution center and say, you know what? Pick whatever sofa you want. Pick whatever dining table you want. Pick whatever bedroom you want. And we have all that available for them. All right, so that's part of what we're going to start doing and moving towards in our, in our local missions. All right, we're also working and partnering with other amazing organizations that are here in the city making a great difference. One of those that has my heart is called Heartbeat of Miami. And Heartbeat of Miami, what they do is that they work with pregnant ladies. Uh, they think they're going to go maybe to hear counseling on having an abortion. And actually what they receive is they receive counseling and they see a sonogram of the baby that they have in their belly. And a lot of ladies in that moment actually give their lives to Christ and decide to have that baby. And it's an amazing ministry. So we partner with them on a monthly basis. We give offerings to, to, to Heartbeat of Miami because I believe that's such a beautiful cause that the church needs to be involved in. So maybe you want to delegate. Okay, your Thanksgiving offering to what local missions is, national missions. That's the fourth lane of legacy, national mission. All right, for example, the work that we've been doing in Orlando and Tampa. By the way, Pastor Max and Hema, when you haven't seen them here, they've been actually working out there uh, with that Orlando church. And God is doing some amazing things with those people out there. Your generosity is allowing for those things uh, to take place. All right. Um, also... We've been helping different churches that have been doing uh, sort of uh, campaigns to raise funds because 
God has put some things in their heart, and we believe in those ministries. One of those ministries is Bethel Church in California, and they've been in a campaign called Arise and Build, where they're building a training center, and we've partnered up with them. And I believe that when you sow into revival, you reap revival. And I'm asking for revival for Miami, and that Numa Church will be an agent for revival in this place where God has put us. So we've been together with them, Aliento Church. That is the church that one of my overseers, Pastor Marco Barriento, he pastors there, and we've partnered up with them as well. Well, so when we talk about national uh, missions, that's where those funds have been delegated. And the last one, international missions. International missions. And I, I got to tell you, this one is one that has my heart. This one has my heart because, for example, through one of our partners called Surge, that is led by one of my other pastors, Pastor Larry Stockstill, what we do is that we do church planting in all different parts of the world. And you've seen some of those pictures that I put up here and pastors and all that. And you're going to get a little bit more of a dose of that on the 13th. But listen to this. Through Surge in 2021, we partnered with them and we were able to plant one church a day around the world. Isn't that powerful? One church a day, 365 churches were planted in 2021. You know what the goal with Surge is and what we want to see? That we would plant not only a church by day, all right, that we would plant a church by hour. And that every hour, that's the goal from here to 2030. And I believe it could be reached with the generosity of people like you. So Surge is one of the partners that we have, Hope Partners, all right, Hope Partners, that's Pastor Kirk and Violeta Norris. They're also one of my overseeing pastors. What do they do? Rescue women and children from abuse, from slave trafficking. Gave them, they give them food, education, housing in places like Costa Rica, Venezuela, India, Kenya. And they just have a new one in Romania, Sri Lanka. And they've been doing relief work in Ukraine. All right, so when you give to the international missions, we're designating those funds to continue working with these organizations. And then we have other ones like Mission Roca Blanca. That's where ESPY's at right now. And it's amazing. Pastor Milton and Marta were just there. Um, I know that you guys had an amazing time. You guys even came back with a tan and everything, but you guys look great. All right, and uh, the mission work that they're doing there is reaching indigenous tribes that are there in the mountains of Mexico and taking the gospel to them and bringing them to this base, training them for the Lord in all different types of ministry training, and then sending them back into the communities where they came from to start churches and be part of ministries. And God is doing something amazing through that. And Voice of Judah International is a church that we help out in the land of Israel. Pastor Israel Polster is a great friend of mine. We partner with them on a monthly basis as well. And they're helping Jews make Aliyah, get back to the land of promise. We're actually, as a church, helping people fulfill biblical prophecy that the Bible said in Ezekiel, that they will return back to their land. So I love that. We work with Holocaust survivors over there in Israel as well. I've been, all right, in a breakfast with about 50 Holocaust survivors. You wouldn't imagine the stories that you would hear. And I believe in that ministry so much, so we partner with them. So all, okay, all of us can participate, all right, on November 13th with our Thanksgiving offering through any of those five lanes, all right? Other things that you're going to see here during this time of legacy, okay, the random acts of kindness. Those are some cards that we have back there, and I always have them actually in my backpack, 
What is that, Pastor? It's these little cards that you could take that it says something extra to show you that God loves you. And the encouragement with that is that you would take it with you. And that wherever you go, let's say you go to lunch today after service, let's say that you give the waiter a bigger tip than it's supposed to be, you give him 10, 20 extra dollars, you leave that card there. And it says, you know what, something extra to show you that God loves you. You know what, it's so powerful when you do that. Maybe you're in a drive-thru. And I actually did that one day. I got in a drive-thru and I said, you know what, I want to pay for, for, for the people behind me. Of course, I asked the guy, how much is the bill? No, no, I'm kidding. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But you don't know the kind of difference. The guy's like, you want to pay for who? Yeah, the car behind me. Are they with you? No, no, they're not. And he started to ask questions. I'm like, don't ask questions. I just want to pay because it's so random. People don't do that. You know, and I was like, Let, do me a favor. When you give them all their stuff, just give them this card. And this card says something extra to show you God loves you and it has all our information from Newman Church. You know, so I'm going to encourage you. That's part of the stuff that we could do during the season. All right. I want us to go around the city and be the hands and feet of Jesus. I want us to go to the different places, to our school, to our job. Maybe you go to work and you take a donut box. All right. Not donuts. Maybe you take fruits. All right. A fruit box. And you put the cards on top. You say, you know what? I want to bless everybody here this morning. Okay. Another thing that you're going to see during this legacy season is our missions outings, all right? There's going to be special missions outings that we're going to do now in November and in December. In November is going to be the 18th, that's a Friday, and the 19th. And on Friday the 18th, we're going to go to a migrant community in Homestead, and we're going to be taking them turkey dinners, all right? And we're going to actually have a whole um, grocery groceries that we're going to do for them. We're going to go ahead and take it uh, to these families. And then on the 19th, all right, we have about 20 families from our church, all right, that have been going through hardship in this season. And we're going to go and knock on their door and we're going to go ahead and take them those groceries. So if you want to be part of that, that's such an important moment and such a, a blessing to do that. And December 17th, okay, we're going to be doing a toy drive also to that migrant community that is over there in Homestead. Actually, in a few weeks, we're going to start collecting toys for you guys to bring. And if you want to be part of that outing, you're more than welcome to. Then our Thanksgiving service is another thing that we have in the season, November 23, Wednesday night. All right, we're going to have our Thanksgiving service. It's going to be at 7.30 p.m. What a great day to bring visits to church. What a great day to bring other people that might not know God the same way you do. But that service, we're going to prepare it with a mentality. You know what? We're going to have guests. We're going to have people. We want them to encounter the God that we know. All right, so that's Thanksgiving service. And last but not least, Christmas at Numa. Okay, Christmas at Numa is our whole December series that we're going to be doing. And every Sunday in December is going to be special. But in a special way, December 21st, which is a Wednesday, okay, we're going to have our Christmas production. And I want to thank all those that decided to be part of that production. You guys are practicing here on Monday night. And it's going to be so powerful what Ms. Jackie and the team are preparing for that night. We're going to have two showings because we're doing it together with our school as well. So you're going to have the parents and the little kids and the acting. And it's going to be such a powerful tool to be able to reach people for Jesus in this Christmas season. All right. Why are we doing all this? Oh my God, I have a call coming in, international call on my iPad. No, I can't take it now. Can you imagine? Why are you being so intentional, pastor, with all this? 
I don't know if you know that the season between Thanksgiving and Christmas is the highest suicide rate in the whole year in the United States, more than all the other 11 months combined. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, people are just in a desperate situation. People are going through depression. They're going through internal pain. They're going through all these different things. They're going through, through loneliness. And I believe that as a church, we got to be active. I believe that as a church, we got to be intentional. I think that as a church, we got to start making a difference. So I'm excited for what God is going to do in this legacy season here at Numa Church. Anybody else excited with me that we get to make a difference through our lives and be an answer to all these problems? Amen? Now, this morning, I want to share with you guys and the time that I have left, a quick message, because I've been just sharing with you some of the stuff that we're going to be doing. But I want to share as we kick off legacy, these words that God has put in my heart, and, and it's this opportunity and not obligation. A lot of times we feel that we're obligated to give, obligated to be generous, obligated to participate in all these things. And, and I want to change that mindset, okay, from I have to, to I get to. You guys understand what I'm saying? You don't have to do anything. Okay? We get to be part of something so much bigger than us. We get to participate in something that is so dear to the heart of God. There's nothing greater to the heart of God than people. Jesus did not come to die for buildings. He came to die for people. He came to reach the lost. He came to set people free. He came to connect people to their purpose. He came so that people could find, okay, that uniqueness in them and that they can make a difference in this world. But a lot of times when we hear legacy, we hear generosity, we hear giving, we hear stewardship, they're like, oh, no, no, they're after my money. No, 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 you don't know how hard I work for this money. Thanksgiving offering. No way, I'm going to give myself an offering. You know, a turkey offering, and I'm going to watch the Cowboys play that day and all that. And let me tell you something. This is a word that I heard from the Holy Spirit. Okay, and you're not going to believe that this message that I'm sharing with you, I changed it up like three times. And I finished this message. This is very unusual for me. I finished this message at 1130 last night because the Holy Spirit kept dropping words in my heart. And I kept changing things up and saying, hold on, this needs to be like this. This needs to be like that. And the Holy Spirit, this is what he told me. I want my children to break with certain mentalities they have when it comes to giving and it comes to generosity. There's certain mindsets that we've adopted that are not godly mindsets. Especially those that have migrated to this country, and I think we've all migrated, all right? I don't know if we have any Native American here this morning, all right? But we all migrated, or our parents migrated over here. But a lot of those that are maybe first generation. Actually, I've had people every week sitting down with me in the welcome lounge that are like, Pastor, I just got here two weeks ago. I got here a month ago. I got here last week. And you're like listening to all these things, and it is crazy stories, and, and, and what's that mindset that we have? The mindset that a lot of times we arrive with from other countries or we've adopted through time is a mindset of poverty and a mindset of lack. 
And you know where that comes from, guys? It comes from an orphan spirit. It comes from an orphan spirit that you feel that if you don't look out for yourself, no one is going to look out for you. And today, Pastor Max dropped a word here, and he said, trust. God is asking us to do what? To trust him. And I was like, isn't that nice? I wore my shirt that says what? Trust God and chill. Trust God and chill. What does God want us to do? He wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust him. Today's teaching is called money mindsets. Money mindsets. Money mindsets. And this is what I want you to take from this this morning. That we must understand that there's three different or wrong money mindsets that we need to break away from. And there's one that we need to embrace, a truth that we need to embrace if we're going to leave a legacy and make a difference through our lives here on earth. There's certain things that we've adopted that we've, we've adopted these things because we think this is the only way we're going to make it. And I'm going to tell you that God has a different way of doing things. Two of those mindsets, we're going to put the first one there on the screen, is a mindset of survival mode. A survival mode mentality. You're out there in the world and you're trying to make money and you look like Rambo. You have the knife between your teeth. You have your bazooka back here. You're like, all right, let's go. It's Monday. I got to go get mine. I got to survive. And you know what that mentality brings to us? It's a day-by-day living. Day-by-day. It's like, it's just a little drop. And I only have for today. And, and, and I don't have enough. I just have enough to barely get by. I have enough to pay the light. I have enough to, 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 to put gas in my car. I just have enough to, to buy groceries. And, and, and if I need to give an offering, I can't because I just have enough because I'm trying to survive. I come from that background. Because, you see, my parents migrated here. And they came here. And what happens is that these mindsets, then you pass them on to the next generation. And we're talking about generations, right? A lot of times you pass on these mindsets, and what you do is that you put anxiety and security and fear in the hearts of that next generation. They don't know if they have enough to get by. I remember as a 10-year-old boy, 11-year-old boy, my parents not knowing English and giving me the phone so that I could call FPL to see if they could give us an extension with the payment. And I would have to talk to some lady or some operator on the other line with the voice of a little kid, 10 years old, 11 year old, asking for an extension on the payment. Because my parents were just barely making it. And that orphan spirit would just come into your heart and say, nobody's taking care of you. You got to get yours at all costs. Whatever you do, as long as you bring the money home and you put the food on the table, and then you have young people doing crazy things out there, where does that come from? It comes from that mindset. And it's a wrong mindset. And then we have this other mindset, okay, that I have to make it, or I made it. Oh, I went through all these things and I made it. I hustled and I beat this guy and I beat that guy. And, and, and I went to school and I did, I got the best grades and I hustled here and, and all these. And all your life, you're like trying to work, 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 work. Trying to get here and there and there and there. And it's all goals 
and no rest. Because you feel that if you're not hustling at that pace, then things are going to start falling apart. And you got to make it. You got to make it because I got to make the American dream. You see, that's what a lot of people that came to this country, we saw. Oh, we saw the nice house with a white picket fence, you know, and a nice Labrador outside barking and, you know, the family sitting around the table. And maybe you were in Colombia, Venezuela, Costa Rica, another country. You're like, oh, once I make it to the U.S., that's what I'm going to have. You don't know what it takes to get that. That's movies, guys. <laughs> that's movies. And, and, and what happens when you have that, time, that type of mindset? You know what takes root in your heart? Ambition takes root in your heart. You know what takes root in your heart? Comparison. Because then you start comparing yourself to the neighbor. Oh, the car that that guy got. So I got to get a better car than this. So let me do this. I got to live in a bigger house. I got to make an expansion here. I got to do that. So there's ambition. There's greed. There's jealousy. That survival mindset that I just spoke about a second ago leads to a poverty mindset. And this, I got to make it mentality leads to a false lifestyle that I have to live up to. And both, both of them just destroy our soul. Both of them go contrary to the way that the kingdom of God operates. So how does the kingdom operate, Pastor? Well, easy, Matthew 6, verse 24. Look what Jesus says here. This is the king of that kingdom. And he says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Isn't that a crazy scripture that Jesus just dropped there? This is so crazy because Jesus says that you can't have two masters, but pay attention. Look over here. He doesn't say that those two masters are God or Satan. He doesn't say that. <laughs> Pay attention. He says you can't have two masters. You can't have God or money. The original word there is mammon, which is actually a God to money, you know. But anyways, you can't have two gods, God or money. Why? That's a good moment to ask why. Why? Because money will promise you and try to fulfill all those things that only God can really fulfill his promise and do in our lives. Money, okay, will try to ice, how could I say this? Can try to isolate you from problems. Oh, I have that problem here. I have that situation there. Oh, but if I have money, I'm good. It's not going to touch me. I'm okay. So you work to have the money. You work to all this. No, no, no. My protection doesn't come from money. My protection comes from God. He's the one that protects me. And you have this mindset. Money will tell you, for example, you can buy your way out of problems. If this situation happens, oh, I have the money to deal with. If that problem happens, I have the money. And I'm not talking about not being prepared. No, you have to be prepared. But where is your heart trusting? In your bank account or is your heart trusting in God? Because your bank account, in one moment, it could all disappear. Everything you worked for all your life, in one moment, could just... But you know what? God will be there. God will not leave you. God will not forsake you. He will remain. Money promises you significance, independence, power, freedom. 
and all these other things that you're only going to find in God. Only in God are you going to find true significance. Only in God are you going to find true freedom. Nowhere else are you going to find these things. So that's why Jesus puts money and God in contrast with each other because it's in direct contrast to the Spirit of God. And in reality, guys, look over here. Look over here real quick. It's not money. It's the Spirit that will operate on that money. You see, money is just an object. All right? But it's the Spirit that will rest upon that money that tries to take the place of God. And you'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You'll be loyal to one and you'll despise the other. Many people despise God over money. Why? Because they're loyal to it. They're loyal to it. They have to go get theirs. It's a mindset. You choose to serve money and what happens? You end up despising God. You can't serve both. That's the words of Jesus. All right? And then we look into this and you're like, Pastor, I don't know if I'm in that. Well, I'm going to give you a quick test right now. So you could identify, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, all right? Just in here, all right? These are very practical things that I put out here for you to think. For example, if it rains tomorrow when it's time to go to work, do you go? You're like, Pastor, what does that have to do with anything? If you're sick, but you need to pay the rent, do you still go to work? When it's Monday morning and you're tired from all the activities of the weekend, do you stay in bed or do you still go to work? When you feel a little bad, do you stay home or do you come to church? Pastor, what are you telling me with this? What I'm telling you is Monday morning rolls around and it's raining and you're like, I got to go to work because if not, I'm going to get fired. But Sunday morning rolls around and it's raining. You're like, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to watch it online. Monday morning rolls around. I'm like, no, oh, I'm so beat off from Saturday and Sunday. I had to go to this person's birthday and I had to go to this activity and I had to do that. Like, bro, I got to get up and I got to go to work. But you're beat up on Sunday morning and you're like, it's my only off day. I'll take church off today. You see what I'm saying? And it lets you know, who are you serving? Why do you go to work? Because I got to pay the bills. That's correct. I believe that you have to be diligent and you got to pay the bills and you have to. The Bible says that God blesses the hand of the diligent. But you got to understand who has first place in your heart. And need to understand, you know what? That my provision is not through that job. My provision is through God. And he'll put me in that job, and he'll put me in that job, and he'll use that guy to provide for me. Whatever is necessary, he will be the one to look out for you, not money. You can put your hands together for God. I see you guys are a little scared this morning. The third mindset, and we're going we're gonna to bring this thing to a close. The third mindset has to do with our giving in church. A lot of us come from a Catholic background. And the Catholic background, okay, what we give is alms. A lot of us, like, we give what? Alms. What's that? Pocket change. All right? The plate comes around, and what do you do? It's like, let me see if I have a couple of, 
you know, Washingtons, you know, a couple of coins in my pocket, and that's what I'm going to drop in there. Because that's the mindset that we have. And we adopted it, and, 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 and we brought it. There's no tithes. There's no offering, okay? Just whatever I have. And the question is, is that the right mindset? Well, we continue here with Jesus, Matthew 6, 25. And we're going to continue reading this. This is the Lord in the Sermon on the Mount. He just finished telling them, you can't serve two masters. You'll love one, hate the other. You can't serve both God and money. And then he says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. But what do you mean I'm not going to worry about my life? Mindsets. If I don't worry about my life, who's going to worry about me? The Lord says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. What is the saying? You're not an orphan. You have a heavenly Father that feeds these little animals. Are you not more valuable than they? What is he doing? He's taking this to the heart. He's taking this to the heart. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God closes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry by saying, I got I to work because I got to eat. Do not worry by saying, what shall I eat? What shall we drink? What should we wear? For the pagans, that word pagans is the unbelievers, those that don't know God. Run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And here's the key, guys. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What does God say? Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Say with me, seek first. Seek first. What does God want us to do? He wants us to seek the kingdom and its righteousness. What is the kingdom, pastor? The kingdom are the interests of God. What does God want to see right now done here on this earth? Jesus said, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let it be here on earth as it is in heaven. God's kingdom is God's reign, his domain, that it will come to every sphere of society. That God will reign here on earth. How does he do that, pastor? Through us, through the church, we're the embassy. We're the ones that declare God's kingdom here on earth. And, and, and he says, you seek the kingdom and you seek its righteousness. What is this righteousness, pastor? Everything that the king would require to be in right standing with him in right standing, in righteousness. You see, I want to take these last few moments as we close this morning to explain to you how a kingdom works. The condition of a subject in the kingdom is directly 
connected to the king of that kingdom. If there's poverty, if there's misery, if things are broken down, what does that talk about? It talks about the king. It talks that he can't keep his affairs in order. That he can't take care of what's going on and under his kingship. Why am I telling you this this morning, church? Because when you and I seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, being in right standing with the king, if you and I are in right standing with the king, he must provide for you. He must take care of you. He must meet your needs. Because your welfare and your well-being is completely connected to who he is. So if you want to talk that God is great, but you don't even have anything to eat, people will say, I don't want that God. That God doesn't look too great to me. That's what he does to his people, and you're there worshiping him all the time? I don't want that. Why should I have a God that has me in misery and has me in brokenness and has me in, in all these conditions? I don't want a God like that. So when you and I are in right standing with the king, the king says, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. You're walking under my rulership. You're walking under my lead. You're letting yourself be guided by me. I got you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of your needs. So what is right standing when it comes to money? This is how I close today. Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. Beautiful scripture here. It says, honor the Lord from your wealth. And from the first of all you produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats, that's where they would uh, contain the wine, and your vats will overflow with good wine. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all that you produce. And God will take care of you. He says, You'll be an overflow. You will be blessed. All your needs will be met. Everything that you're going through, God says, if you honor me with your first fruits, if you honor me with your first, what is that, pastor? That's your tithe. What is the tithe, pastor? Is it 10% that you give to God? Pastor, what do I have to give 10%? Because it tests our heart. God is not after our money, church. He's after our heart. But a lot of times our heart and our money is like this linked. And when we give 10% to God, you know what we're telling God? God, I trust you. You got me. It's better to have 90 and you than to have 100 and not be in right standing. And one of the things that I learned in my walk with God, that when I give that 10%, I see God do amazing things. I see God take care of me. I see God bless me. I see God show up in a mighty way. And by the way, it's not just any 10%. It's not that you pay Macy's, FPL, your mortgage, and then whatever you have left over, let me see if it's enough to make 10, and then you give it to God. No, it's the first 10. 
He says, honor me with the first fruit, the first part, the best that you have. So it's like if God had money, he put it on your account, and he says, now give me my money. And you're like, what? Why didn't he just stay with it? Because he wants to test you. He wants to know if you are going to trust him completely. Because when you do this, pay attention. You're telling him, Father, I know that you're the one that provides for me. Father, I know that you're the one that takes care of me. Father, I know that you are a good God. And you know everything that I have. And I know that you're going to watch over me. And it goes against that mindset that I got to look out for myself. I got to take care of my own. I got I to gotta only give as little as I have. And in that moment that you decide to give to God, where you're going is completely against that orphan spirit. And you're telling God, God, you are my father. And I'm not alone. And I'm not an orphan. You take care of me. So I want you to search your heart today. I want you to search your heart today. As you sit there, do you trust God completely to take care of you and your family and your children? Or inside of you, you say, I got to still do my own thing. I want you to check your heart. Close your eyes right there where you're at. I can't answer this prayer for you. You're the only one that could answer this prayer. And pastor, what do you want me to do? If I check that there's some things there in my heart, what do you want me to do? Well, number one, I think the right thing to do is to repent for not trusting God and telling him, Lord, sorry for not trusting you. Sorry for thinking that I got to look out for myself. You are my provider. You're Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. You're the one that meets my needs. Then what else do you need to start doing? You need to step out in faith and you need to start giving your tithes to God. I I don't have any other better way of saying it. You got to trust God. You need to take the step of faith and understand that there's great blessing for you when you do. So right there with your eyes closed, head bowed, check your heart. And just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me this morning? And let him talk to your heart as we sing this beautiful song called Gratitude. All my words fall short. I got nothing new. How could I express? I could sing these songs as I often do. Every song will say, You, you never do. So I'll go. Oh, 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 oh,